the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. off is I have a huge project to start explaining the Bible in a series of PragerU videos, and I'll be doing five today. So I've asked Mark Davis, one of the great voices of talk radio, to sit in for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. Enjoy. A very kind and gracious Dennis intro and, and some David Byrne and the Talking Heads. It must be a Mark Davis fill-in day. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy 2024. Dear Lord, please let it be happy. Please, please, God in heaven, let this year work out in some semblance of what we as conservatives want. You know, I'm not even going to say we as conservatives. Oh, I will say that, but it, it, even more than that, so much of what we're going to talk about today and so much of what Dennis will address in his spectacular year of programs that lie ahead and so much of what we'll talk about any time I fill in from here at 6.60 a.m., The Answer in Dallas-Fort Worth, where I have just completed my own quite happening and a kinetic little talk show of my own. There's nothing that preps me better for the Prager show than three hours of doing my own program. And oh my goodness gracious me, uh, if we open up some cans of political and social and cultural worms, and I'm going to lay them out for you here, and you know how we do business, 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. Follow me on X, Twitter, or whatever we're calling it this week, at Mark Davis, M-A-R-K Davis. You shoot me stuff there. I'll take a look at it during the breaks or even on the fly, and we may be able to uh, to do some things uh, via uh, social media where I can check out things that you might want to fire off. Um, our exchange of ideas today, it seems like a good idea on my first opportunity to fill in for Dennis in 2024 to take stock of the way 2023 played out. I don't want to bury you in retrospective. That's what a lot of the closing days of 2023 were. It's like, what have we all been through? How did we all survive? Much of it is forward-looking. Forward-looking as I would like conservatism to be. Forward-looking as I would like the Republican Party to be. And so I look forward to your phone calls at 1-8-Prager-776. Grab a line. We're going to talk some Trump. We're going to talk some DeSantis and Haley. Two people who are roughly equal in their distance that they have to leap to get to Trump, but who are very, very different in the kind of appeal that they bring uh, to that seeming minority of Republicans interested in somebody else. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about Claudine Gay, not so much about her. Uh, She's going to be fine. Thank you very much. She is no longer uh, going to be president of Harvard. That is a good thing. She seems to have been bounced for plagiarism. Plagiarism is a bad thing, but that was not her prime sin. 
Claudine Gay's prime sin is, is, is the same one practiced by all kinds of, of college presidents and all kinds of college environments around the country these days. And this is incredibly sad. Uh, but I'll tell you, it's why PragerU is awesome. It's why folks like Hillsdale are doing great business and other universities that are conservative and or Christian, just not out of their cotton-picking minds. Uh, higher education has become a, a, a landmine. It's become a cesspool. College is no... It, is college a good idea for your kid? The answer, sadly, is now it depends. It depends on what your kid wants to do. It depends on where your kid wants to go. You know, I, I graduated in 1979, I know, like any Calvin Coolidge administration, from the University of Maryland, a, a supposedly liberal school in a supposedly liberal state, and it was a, with a journalism degree. So, oh, my gosh, what kind of media bias, you know, was, was shot into my veins? And the answer is none. None. I got a, a pretty decent straight up, well, a very decent straight up education in the law and history and practice of mass communications. Took that into a career that started in West Virginia, then Jacksonville, Florida, where they dropped a talk show in my lap for some dumb reason. I was nearly 25. Show was not good for a while. I guess it got better. Elsewise, I'm not here. Nonetheless, uh, it, it, it was pre-Reagan. I'm in college pre-Reagan. And I think it was the ascendancy of Reagan that I mean, there, there, there had previously been media bias. Walter Cronkite was not the straight shooter that a lot of uh, gauzy nostalgia would have you believe. And I'm a huge fan of that legacy. God bless Uncle Walter. Great. Compared to today's ruinous biases, he was quite the fair broker. But the ascendancy of Reagan was so bizarre to the existing media culture at the time that he became a, a, a useful idiot, an amiable dunce, a, uh, a, a nuclear weapons-addled cowboy. They hated him. And that is where media bias was ramped up to the toxic levels that have really never subsided and have only gotten worse since. Because if Reagan triggered the media culture, <laughs> little did we know what lay ahead uh, 36 years later with the ascendancy of Trump. And guess what? He's still here. Even when he's not in office, he's still here. So what we have in front of us now is this fascinating phenomenon whereby a media culture that absolutely despises him uh, is, is part and parcel of an effort that includes uh, our judicial system, uh, lawfare as it's called, warfare using uh, perversions of the rule of law, and, uh, and and using secretaries of state in screwed up states like Colorado and Maine, attempting to take the choice away from you and give it to activists who invent out of whole cloth uh, stories, narratives of insurrection, as if President Trump complaining vociferously, as he should have, about a spoiled 2020 result, a flawed 2020 result, as if he doesn't have the right to do that, as if his attempt to do that, even if he says, uh, we are going to march patriotically and peacefully. Did anybody catch that adverb? Peacefully. We're going to get out of the Capitol and make our voices heard. And that's exactly what happened. Now, as we know, as history is well recorded, eh, about 800 people uh, couldn't limit it to that and bust it into the Capitol, and that's not good, and they need to pay a price. They don't need to be locked up and rotting for three years, the wheels of justice should turn promptly for those who did really break the law that day. But the idea was for a ton of people to encircle the Capitol and say, this is not okay. 
This is not all right. So many electoral norms were shelled and shattered, mostly because of COVID panic, that there were all kinds of votes counted that that simply should not have been, uh, from Pennsylvania to Michigan to Arizona. And this creates suspicions and anomalies and doubts, yes, doubts, that last to this day. Which brings us to part, and only part, of why the Trump uh, feverish support continues to this day. There's Ron DeSantis, who has to be going crazy, as his supporters do. Because there's nothing wrong with the guy. So much has been, oh, the DeSantis campaign has been terrible. What's been wrong with the DeSantis campaign? He has not caught Trump. He was never going to catch Trump. Not in 2023. There was no way during the last calendar year that we've just escaped from that Ron DeSantis was going to suddenly... When did he get in? Like the last week of May? What did people expect? That, that, that all of a sudden be like Trump at about 50 and DeSantis at about 40 and everybody else picking up the crumbs? That was never going to happen because Trump still exists, scarfing up all the oxygen, and deservedly so because that oxygen, to continue the metaphor, that oxygen is filled not just with the presidency that we all miss as conservatives or the policies that we as conservatives want back because DeSantis is there saying, hello, hello, I can bring you those policies. And, and without the mean tweets or without some of the, the, the discipline breaches and, and, and without being in you know, courtrooms every three days, just I, I, it's like I'm all the positives and none of the negatives. And by the way, I can serve two terms. Who's with me? And the answer has come in, at least via polls. Not very many people. And it's not out of distaste for Governor DeSantis. He's awesome. Awesome conservative. Awesome family man awesome veteran, really awesome governor of Florida, a conservative executive who has done it. He hasn't just walked the walk. He hasn't just talked the talk. He has walked the walk. But alas, DeSantis's uh, tough luck is in timing. He is seeking the presidency at a time when Donald Trump still exists. Why go see the cover band when the real band is still on the road? Uh and I know that that Trump is saddled with all kinds of potential negatives. Talked about this a little bit on the local show. I'll give you a little math. I can extend this to you if, if, if you need me to. Uh, I think DeSantis's chances of beating Biden are a little bit better because he does bring most of the Trump policy positives, none of the Trump behavioral negatives. Trump brings a ton of baggage. But you know what Trump brings that nobody else can touch? A certain passion that says, sir, we want you back. Not just we want you back, but we want to make them cry again in 2024 by giving an enormous middle finger to the establishment of both parties and to Jack Smith and to these DAs. It is a message election. So where do those messages lie? one 8 Prager 776 Let's sort it out together. Mark Davis in for Dennis. We'll be right back. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor pain-free studio. There's something to be said for being at the right place at the right time. Those words couldn't resonate more than when talking about buying gold. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed, Coin, and Bullion. It is my choice for precious metals. When you're buying a house, is your preference to buy when the mortgage rates are low or high? Would you prefer to buy gold when the price is low or high? Curiously, most customers wait to buy gold and then purchase when it's a panic buy with soaring prices. 
Mick Rovich, AmFed's owner, had a client recently tell him, I'd rather buy gold 10 months too early versus 10 months too late. Don't wait and panic. Timing is everything. Call Nick and his team at AmFed Coin and Bullion. Nick's been in the industry over 42 years, and he's proud of providing transparency and fair pricing to build long-term relationships. If you're interested in buying or selling, call AmFed Coin and Bullion for a free coin performance review. 800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Mark Davison for Dennis Prager on this Wednesday, the third day of January 2024. How's it working out for you so far? <laughs> Couple of days in, I don't know, I don't know. Keeping track of everything on the Dennis Prager Show or at DennisPrager.com and keep track of all things Dennis. Dennis is back tomorrow. Mark Davis, I'm in here with you from DFW Today. And you can hop on at 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776, because I have questions for you about how you think Iowa's going to go, how you think New Hampshire's going to go, how you think the entire spring and summer are going to go as as Trump spends as much time in court as he does on the campaign trail. Is that a damage that is so daunting that even the waves of support that he has cannot match or exceed it, which would be really bad news. It could mean even Biden's corpse could win. Or is the more upbeat scenario true? And that is that all of these things are sideshows. All of these things, all of this, this court nonsense. I mean, he he can be he can be tried, he can be convicted, and we're not going to care. In fact, it will fire up the base so very very much that it'll be an electoral landslide, and he wins forty states. Which of those do you think is true? One eight Prager seven seven six. One eight Prager seven seven six. And the reason those Trump centric scenarios make sense is it just looks so obvious that this is where we are headed, that this is what seems to be um, on the horizon, because it's going to take a near miracle for a Ron DeSantis or a Nikki Haley to finish close enough in Iowa to even seem like it's worth continuing to New Hampshire, perchance, if the polls are, are, are accurate as we have seen them. All right, so what does a happy, uh, happy 2024 look like for you, for me, for conservatives? The end of this administration is um, is job one. How do we get there? On the show this morning, I mentioned, and I, I think it uh, caused a couple of people to drive into the ditches of North Texas. I said, on paper, it appears that Governor DeSantis might have a smidge better chance of beating Biden than Trump does. Whoa, what? So that requires a paragraph of explanation. Here's what I mean. And it is not, repeat, not. Uh, an entrance ramp to me saying everybody needs to back DeSantis. You can if you want to, but the reason that people continue to back Trump is they know full well. They know full well that it might not work. But if it does, if it does, if it is his hand on the Bible at the inauguration, January 20th, 2025, you don't just get the Trump policies back that we've longed for. It's going to feel like we get our country back. It's going to feel like we get our institutions back. It's going to feel like, and this is a bit of a curveball, we get normalcy back. Get ready for some history. I'm old enough to remember 1968. Sure, I'm 11 at the time, but I remember it. It's not like I was voting. That would come later. Uh, the, 
the Nixon win in 68 and the Nixon landslide in 72 were partially people who liked Nixon and voted for him and wanted his policies, but especially in 72, after the 60s had wound down and the 70s were underway, it was a lot of Americans saying, look, we may not agree with everything the Republicans are saying, we may not like everything about Richard Nixon, but those people are crazy. Those people are out of their ever-loving minds. We are going to rely on that in 2024. And whether the nominee is Trump or somebody else, and it obviously for the 35th time looks like it's going to be Trump. And that's what creates the irony is that somebody who is as as wheels off as Trump can be, somebody who is as unconventional, to use the understatement of the year, uh, as Trump can be, his, the, his vote, the people voting for him, it is a vote to return to normalcy, normalcy on our borders where it is normal you know, to have one. Normalcy on matters of gender, where it is normal to recognize that there are two. Normalcy in taxation, where it is normal not to punish people for their wealth and success. Normalcy in the environment, where it is normal to strive for a a, a clean earth and to treat the planet well and to welcome all the renewables that actually work in the marketplace and let people drive as many electric cars as they want to buy, but where it is decidedly abnormal to force-feed people into electric vehicles, to force-feed people away from choices they might want to make in a marketplace still dominated by the fossil fuels that God made and that run the Western world. So as uh, it, that is the irony that this most, this most peculiar of presidents and of candidates in Donald J. Trump, that the people behind him are the people who are going to strive, walk through fire, crawl on glass to bring back something that resembles normalcy. Because what we've had under the supposedly normal Joe Biden, just Uncle Joe, just lunch pail, Amtrak riding Uncle Joe, he's so... Normal. He just seems like a regular guy. Well, maybe there was a time when that was true. Uh, yeah, th- that book on Biden is long since shut. Because what we have now is the Joe Biden who has brought us gender insanity. The Joe Biden who has brought us environmental insanity. The Joe Biden who has brought us border insanity. And a, a moment about the border, because we can talk about this some today as well. one prager 776 1-8-Prager-776. Mark Davis in for Dennis on this Wednesday. If you find yourself walking around saying that these people have no border policy, I mean, look at the borders. They have no policy. Uh-uh-uh. Uh-uh. They have a policy, all right. You're seeing it. You are seeing it. The open border, the failure to protect our border, the allowance of, the welcoming of waves and cascades of illegals, that is, that is their policy because they actively want a massive swelling underclass that will be reliant on social services, bigger government, more money, more power for Democrats. And then we want them legalized, normalized, naturalized so that they can be released out into the wild uh, of America's interior for decades of Democrat voting. Mark Davison for Dennis. Be right back. So it's Seb Gorka and Mike Gallagher, my two colleagues, two of my colleagues at Salem, who told me about the Ph.D. weight loss program. Uh, And 
the only reason I took them seriously is because they lost so much weight with it, and it stayed off. So I have discipline in eating. It has never really been an issue, just I haven't been able to lose weight, and I've always wanted to. And sure enough, I've tried it, and now, let's see, it's uh, basically two pounds a month and six months. They, they did it faster. But I'm, I'm amazed that I've been able to do that. And it's no pills, no injections, just solid science, no shortcuts, coaching from them. Go to phdweightloss.com or just call them 864-644-1900, 864-644-1900, or go to myphdweightloss.com. That it is. Dennis Prager Show for this Wednesday, January 3rd. Mark Davis in for Dennis. So I've got questions on the floor for you, but a premise I want to offer. The questions essentially are these. Do you believe that the Iowa result will echo the polls? Has this all been, is this all, it's kind of funny. We, especially as conservatives, we laugh at the polls. We go, oh, polls, they're a joke. Yeah, but but we love these, don't we? Especially in the Trump support base. Folks love the polls that show him at about 60 and uh, DeSantis and Nikki Haley at about 15. Ain't nothing wrong with that poll if you are a Trump fan. If you are a DeSantis believer or a Nikki Haley fan, uh, you you need uh, you need a miracle. You need a miracle every day, as the old song title goes. And and here's here's the only way that happens. There's really only one path forward for this. So let me tell you what that is, and see if you think there's the slightest chance that this happens. Because my sort of manifold question for you is do you think that's what's coming in Iowa and are you okay with that in fact specifically if you have been grudgingly or maybe not so grudgingly uh going for for DeSantis because you want conservative results back but you doubt that that Trump can win because he'll be so damaged by all the uh, persecutions and prosecutions or and this might be the stickier wicket if you're a Nikki Haley person And God bless Ambassador Haley, Governor Haley, whatever you want to call her. She has much to recommend her. She was good at both of her big and important jobs. Um, Me, personally, I have no interest in her being president of the United States. Not a fighter at a time when we need a fighter. The, The fairly silly slavery gaffe in Berlin, New Hampshire, a few days ago, where uh, an obvious troll questioner asked her, Hey, uh, what were the causes of the Civil War? An obvious attempt to see what the conservative, supposedly conservative candidate, what the Republican candidate would say about slavery. And the answer wound up being nothing. Well, how'd that work out for her? Well, she was blistered. And, and, and properly so. That was just so dumb. If you want to say that the Civil War was about more than slavery, then say so, because you'll be right. The first half of the 19th century was filled with tensions between North and South that were about other issues than slavery. Now, obviously, slavery was the the central economic and became moral, central moral issue of that time, and its tentacles extend even to this day. But she didn't even want to go there. I think I know why. I'm going to extend a lot of grace to Nikki Haley here and say that I think that she was aware that in Republican circles— we have about had it up to our eyeballs with race as a topic. And, and this is terrible and it's sad because what we should be involved in, the George Floyd aftermath and the immediate uh, rioting and the immediate uh, all the cops are terrible and America's still a racist hellhole, that made it impossible for good-hearted people of goodwill, good faith, and good intent to get together to actually solve problems. We should be about 
all of us getting together and finding whatever vestiges of, of, of racism remain, because we will find them, because it is a human failing, a human foible. It will it will never totally get rid of it, because humans are not perfect, and that means you're going to find the occasional racist. That search is impeded. What's what's the, I don't know who coined this, when everything is racist, nothing is racist. So we've just had it up to our eyeballs with the NFL end zones preaching to us, social justice activism just bombarding us from every turn. And there are folks who, and I guess Nikki thought that, that folks don't even want to hear that slavery was a cause of the Civil War. Not a good calculation on her part. And and there were people who said, well, uh, that's just because she's a white supremacist. Yeah, that's why she had the Confederate flag removed from the South Carolina capital in Columbia. Quite the white supremacist, this one. Anyway, that was all so stupid. Um, what she was in that moment was gutless, and we can't and, and we can't have that. Now, the bottom line, the, the final postscript on the whole Nikki Haley uh, brouhaha was: Was that dumb? Yes. Did it matter? No. Let me give you the Mark Davis definition of political damage. You ready? Was it damaging? No. Oh, but people gave her holy, you know what, for several days. Yeah. Nobody who liked her. Nobody who supported her. The only people giving her grief were people who had no intention of voting for her anyway. The definition of political damage, oh, which, by the way, is why all, all the Trump uh, you know, court dates and vilifications and prosecutions, persecutions have not been particularly damaging yet, it seems, because, if anything, it has galvanized and girded support for him. So the definition of political damage is when people who love you stop loving you. When people who support you stop supporting you. So none of that was particularly damaging to Nikki Haley. So what are, what are her prospects and his as we stare down the barrel of Iowa? It's uh, 1-8-Prager-776. Grab a line. 1-8-Prager-776. Mark Davis in for Dennis. Tapping our toes through the Dennis Prager Show for this Wednesday, third day of January 2024. Mark Davis in for Dennis from Texas. How's everybody doing? Dennis is back tomorrow. We are here together today about to hop on the phones. We'll be together there conversationally talking about some anticipation for Iowa 12 days from now. Anticipation for November 10 months from now. Anticipation for our future. Please, Lord, let it work out for our country. In fact, at the beginning of the show, I said that as a conservative, what are our wishes and our expectations? And it's not just as a conservative. I don't want strong borders because I'm a conservative. I want strong borders because I'm an American. I don't want a strong Second Amendment because I'm a conservative. I want a strong Second Amendment because I'm an American. I'm a citizen. I've I've got a brain stem. So a lot of these things for me, I mean, I can understand that, you know, that liberals want higher taxes than I do, et cetera, et cetera. I don't believe that there are only two genders because I'm conservative. I believe there are only two genders because I have eyes and a brain. So a lot of these things are not victories just for my side, spike the ball, yay Republicans, yay conservatives. It's so that the country can be better. And this is one of those years where we all get to figure out uh, how everybody wants that to go. All right, let us head first. Let's head to a lovely part of the country uh, to the shoreline there of St. Simons Island, Georgia. Mark, hey, Mark Davis in for Dennis. How are you? Happy New Year. I'm doing well, uh, Mr. Davis. How are you? Hi, good. Hey, I just had a question about uh, Nikki Haley. I, I think she's a strong candidate. Uh, however, she's her messaging is all screwed up on uh, Social Security. 
he keeps referring it to an entitlement when I think most of Americans think of it as a 401k plan. Uh, I do. It's, 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 I, I, feel, I feel like it's my money. I know I feel like it's my money that has been absconded with and put somewhere against my will, and I deserve it back. Uh, you know, listen, if that, that, isn't that like number 23 on Nikki Haley's messaging problems? Her current messaging problem is she's not conservative enough. Uh, she had this ridiculous idea of outing everybody who has an anonymous Twitter account, various other ridiculous ideas like forever war in Ukraine. Her, her problem is not her messaging. Her problem is her ideas. True, true that. She has a lot of bad ideas. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be overly, overly harsh. Uh, she has some ideas that are simple. In fact, everybody who loved Paul Ryan and voted for John McCain and loved the go-along-to-get-along style of establishment ivory tower Republicans, they like her a lot. And she has a lot to recommend her. It's a good resume. She was a good U.N. ambassador and a good governor of South Carolina. But, but the, these are special times. The, we, we, we must have a fighter. This is what the problem was with Tim Scott. I don't know if a better person has run for president in a long time than Tim Scott. Not a fighter. Mike Pence, please. I don't know if there's ever been somebody cut from finer human, conservative, Christian, American cloth than Mike Pence. But not a fighter. And we've got to have a fighter. We are in countryside Illinois. Ron, Mark Davis in for Dennis. How are you? Good. Uh, I just wanted to mention something like these uh, climate change people. uh, They're looking at like the Euphrates River saying it's drying up, but there are pre-existing structures that are there so that at one time they're uncovering an older civilization that was at the same climate as now, supposedly. There, there is a, a decent scientific answer to, to, to all of, of the cultists who will tell you that human beings are making the planet warmer. So what's the difference? Why is there some perceived 91%? I mean, I will, I will grudgingly stipulate that the majority of scientists, if you ask them, believe that man is, is increasing the temperature of the, of the planet. Is that evidence that man is increasing the temperature of the planet? No, it's evidence that science has been corrupted. And we've learned that science can be corrupted. We've learned that our judiciary can be corrupted. We've learned that the FBI can be corrupted. Nothing is corruption-proof in a human system because it's a lot of times it's money. A lot of times it's uh, you know getting along with people at the cocktail parties. A lot of times it is peer pressure. But th- th- this is not hard. You know what everybody was worried about in the 70s? In the 1970s, after... Right, Industrial Revolution, 1880s, we paid no attention to what we were belching out into the sky. Uh, you get to the 20s, and it's probably the 20s and 30s, 40s, or we're at its heyday. We are just, just smokestacks. And we weren't burning no clean coal, you know, during World War II, you know what I mean? So 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, just decades, a half a century of just profligate belching into the atmosphere of all kinds of impurities so that we can run our economy and heat our homes, but we weren't paying a lot of environmental attention. What happened as the 60s turned into the 70s? Global cooling. How in the world does that happen? It happens because it happens. It happens because planetary temperatures rise and fall. Mars has ice caps. They were shrinking for a while. It must be the coal-fired plants and SUVs on Mars. Now, that having been said, to complete what has become a policy screed, does that mean that we should go back to belching things willy-nilly? No, of course not. We want a clean planet. We want to take care of this planet. Of course we do.
And the way you do that is by developing renewable te- renewable technologies, by you know having as much solar and electric cars and wind and whatever as anybody wants, and as much as will work. You don't force unproven technologies on people, and you don't force people to buy things they don't want to buy. You let people use the energy sources that they wish. This is the concept that is kryptonite to the Democrats. It is called the marketplace. And the marketplace right now continues to smile on fossil fuels. Electric cars are cool. I got nothing against Teslas. Please, just about anything Elon Musk does these days. Thank God for that, man, especially for, you know, renewing free speech on Twitter and all the space stuff that the space dork in me just loves. I'm an enormous Elon Musk fan. Am I going to own an electric car? Shoot, no. Uh, Not out of rampant, broad distaste. It's just not for me. I I can't. what, What did Trump say? That you buy an electric car and the first 15 minutes are great and the next five years you're in panic because you're scared of the thing running out of juice? Of course you are. And there was a story that ran here locally in the Dallas Morning News. Uh, The headline was something like, Texas auto dealers hold the key to the, uh, get the lovely use there, hold the key, great metaphor, for the adoption of EV technology in Texas. They hold the key, all right. But what does that mean? Their idea is to put the key in our hands so that we will come buy all these electric cars. And if you've got an electric car, good for you. Uh, I had a loaner that was electric once. It was kind of cool. The pickup was superb. I mean, that thing moved. There was nothing the matter with it. Would I own it? No. No. So that's just my taste. And I'm entitled to mine and you're entitled to yours. That's the way the American system should be. That's what economic freedom is. Is So let's let people have as much solar in their homes and wind farms in their states as they want without not a dime of federal subsidy. And and the good news is we're we're doing the electric cars are, are, are pretty popular in Texas. They're not as popular as maybe they are in California. Of course, California has mandates telling you what you can buy. The, the notion of removing gas powered cars from the streets by a certain year. Are you high? Of course, you may literally be high in view of the drug law changes. That's another show. Or maybe it's this one. But nonetheless, let let people buy what they want to buy. This is not hard. What we have in power now are people who want to take choices away from you and force you to buy things that you may not want. And it's all based on, it's all on the altar of junk science that is man-made climate change. It's a fraud. Mark Davison for Dennis Prager. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Davis. Back in a moment. Dennis Prager here with a man I have come to admire for his work. So when I asked him, what do you do? This is the title he gave, Wealth Architect. Very simply put, I am a wealth architect that helps my clients accelerate the way they grow your wealth. It's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. The Internal Revenue Code is embedded with a number of things that you can take advantage of. It's what I call playing tax chess. We take the time to play tax chess in your favor. We tend to give our clients unbiased, independent advice across all areas in their financial life because we have no incentive to sell anything. We can't just take your information, say in February or March, prepare the returns and say, oh, these are the things you should have done. It's too late. You need to meet with me now. Because oftentimes, after the close of the calendar year, some of the strategies that we implement in your financial life can't be implemented retroactively. You have, in fact, saved me a serious amount of money. Head to charlesdombeck.com slash Prager to schedule your meeting today. 
Dennis Prager Show for this Wednesday, 3rd of January, 2024. Mark Davis in for Dennis from Texas. Dennis is back tomorrow. And we are back on the phones with you on a show where we are just evaluating all kinds of stories as we open the year. Quite the eventful year of 2024 lies ahead, don't you think? So let us hop onto the phone and see what everybody thinks. We are in Brooklyn. John, Mark Davis, that is you. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. How are you doing? All right, thank you, Mark. I appreciate taking my call. I just wanted to say while I was on hold, while I was on hold, and I was listening to your comments about the global warming, you couldn't hit the nail on the head any harder because the people that are responsible for all the surveys are all the left leftists that are getting all the money. And on PragerU, they had an interview with a doctor or scientist who explained how the sun has cycles. I was looking while I was on hold to find out exactly what it was, but I didn't get a chance because I got so many things in my phone. Quite so all I right. just wanted to say, and also I live in New York in 2026. You're not going to be allowed to build a building unless it's solar or wind. How many skyscrapers or any tall buildings do you think they're going to be building? That, that, that's totally, un- pardon the term here, but that policy is unsustainable. All right, what else you got? And then the other thing is the crime with these people. I mean, you know, we got crime rampant, and, you know, the DA is just worried about Donald Trump. But getting back to President Trump, with all the scam indictments, the biggest thing I think is who he picks for his vice president. I mm-hmm. I disliked President Trump in the beginning. I hated him because it was something to do with the unions, and I've been working here for a long time. So I, I was a conservative. I thought he was going to be a fraud. But after he had his first term, I sent him money, okay, for his reelection because, you know what, uh-huh. I thought he was a fantastic president, and mm-hmm. I will stand behind him. So he won me over, okay, mm-hmm. because he did a great job. And anytime I would talk to the leftists, I would tell him, let me ask you a question. What? Tell me one thing that Trump did that was bad. Name something policy. Thank that you. Did, they could never yep. name it. Okay. Yep. It, it was it, just like Biden. One thing he's done good. You can't find it. But Nikki Haley's poison. Uh, Ramasarami. I don't trust him. He's a guy who had two million dollars in the bank and took money from George Soros. Well, and Vivek has been fun. Vivek's time is about to come to an end. Let me ask you kind of a test question about Nikki Haley. You referred to her as poison. Is she sufficiently so that if Trump, whom you admittedly love, is the nominee, which I expect you are thoroughly pleased with, and he chooses Haley as his running mate, will that make it more difficult for you to vote for him? Absolutely. I I oh. would go and I would close my me. eyes and hold my nose. Well, okay, all right. I, so my, I, may, I asked the right question and you gave the right answer. It would be more difficult, but you would do it. You would ultimately do it because I, you know the alternative is more Biden. Right. Well, either that or yeah. Gavin Newsom and um, or, or you know, whoever the Democrat and, Party coughs up. Correct. And and, and that's. If, oh, am I going to be doing these talk shows locally and nationally? Or is is this going to be our plight? I, this is, by the way, this is why I don't want him to pick her. Listen, if you are, if if President Trump has some obsession about having a woman running mate, and there is there there's, I I, I think this is hugely overstated. What what's that supposed to do? Get more women to vote for you? I don't think that works. I don't think that works. It, none of it's about pigment or plumbing. As I'm fond of saying, none of it's about race and sex anymore. It's about ideas. 
It's about the ideas in your head and the passion in your heart and the strength of your spine. But if it's just got to be, uh, you know, somebody with female chromosomes, then uh, how about Elise Stefanik, the hero of the moment in the outing of Claudine Gay, <laughs> at least an academic outing? How about, um, how about Sarah Huckabee Sanders? Good family tree there. Good governor of Arkansas. Uh, somebody here on the local show mentioned Texas 24th District Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne, who served in the Trump administration in, in uh, uh, Ben Carson's uh, HUD department. There, there are women out there that are actually conservative. Mr. President, find one. If that's what you've just got to, got to, got to do, find one. Find one. Um, having mentioned that none, no, virtually none of life is about race or sex anymore, uh, all these people saying, boy, you better follow up. You better follow up Claudine Gay, who is this Mark Lamont Hill, had a threatening tweet, said there, uh, Claudine Gay's successor had better be a black woman. It had better be a black woman. Okay. How about Condoleezza Rice? You good with that? Good with that? Condi Rice? Great. Democrats always say, we need more women running. We need more women running. Okay, great. How about if they're all like Sarah Palin or Marjorie Taylor Greene or, or Elise Stefanik? Or Beth Van Dyne. Suddenly it becomes not quite that great an idea because, oh, it wasn't about it wasn't about womanhood. It's not about race. It's about politics. And by the way, that's a good thing. That's called progress. Mark Davison for Dennis. Be right back. My pillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever, just in time for Christmas. Get the Giza Dream Bed Sheets for as low as $29.98. A set of pillowcases only $9.98. Rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. All with the biggest discounts ever. They are also extending their money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2024, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 and you'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98 and get all your shopping done now while quantities last. MyPillow.com, promo code Prager. We gonna fly. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Feel Somebody help me feel all right tonight. USA. 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 So awesome. Who is that? Who is that? Name that quote. Let's go to the USA. phone. USA. I'll help you. USA. <laughs> One more time. USA. 
That is that is the aforementioned Sarah Huckabee Sanders talking about a memory of a, a Trump troop visit and and, and her uh, lyrical poetic memory of of the chance of USA 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 as Trump visited the troops. It was awesome. As was her, I guess that was the Republican response to one of those. Um, mangled uh, Biden State of the Union addresses. So uh, God bless uh, Governor Sanders. And listen, again, if Trump has just got to, got to, got to have a woman running mate, why not her? Why not Elise Stefanik? Why not, uh, you know, ABN, anybody but Nikki? You know, and that's not to savage her. She was a good governor of South Carolina. She was a good UN ambassador. But the the bar is set differently for president. And listen, with Trump, and I know he looks like he's going to live to 120 snarfing Big Macs every day. But if, if one heartbeat away from the presidency, one heartbeat away. And I, I real quick about about Nikki Haley. Some people are trying to paint her as like some dragon lady figure that once she is vice president, she will nefariously uh, swoop down into the halls of government and attempt to bend it toward her will. First of all, you think Trump's going to let her get away with that for one second? No. Secondly, I believe that Nikki is sufficiently an establishmentarian that she would not upset that apple cart. Uh, She would subjugate her views to the president of the United States. Um, But but if, if... Trump dies, <laughs> and all of a sudden she is the president. Look out! Uh, can't can't have those views in the Oval Office right now. Just can't do it. So as we should always do, it's not so much about who helps you win. That's lovely. Let's find somebody who can help Trump win. And if it's got to be a woman, I think there are women that we can uh, that we can name uh, that that will not involve a complete bleeding of conservatism. If, uh, if if Trump should no longer be able to serve. Let's see what some Americans are thinking here on the lines of the Dennis Prager Show. 1-8-Prager-776. We are in Naples, Florida. Teresa, hi. Mark Davis in for Dennis. How are you doing? Hi, how are you? Happy New Good, Year. Good, thanks. Um, Same to you. You're talking, uh, thank you. You're talking about possibly Nikki Haley as president, uh, vice president. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that idea came from, but Trump would never pick her. He believes in loyalty, and she was very disloyal. Okay, careful. What does disloyal she mean? She, would, she told him she would never run, and she would clear it with him, and she didn't do that. No. no that, uh, well, that, that, that's a, you okay, hear him I, talk I about guess, that I all guess. the time. Yeah. You hear him talk right, here's about the thing. that all the time. Here, 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 here's the thing about Trump. That's a good point. Listen, that adds to the reasons to be questionable about Nikki Haley. Trump believes in loyalty. Interesting quote. Uh, there is someone who once called Donald Trump a cancer on conservatism. That person was former Texas Governor Rick Perry, who later wound up in the Trump cabinet. President Trump has, and this is a good thing, by the way, an enormous capacity for getting over past uh, obstacles if he thinks sure. you can help him. Uh, and, sure. and if he thinks Haley can help him, he could choose her. So I want to disabuse him of the notion that he helps her, that he, that she, excuse me, pronouns. Now there's my pronoun problem, that she helps him, that she helps him. Might, might she in a couple of circles where maybe a couple of Haley voters go, okay, we really liked her and maybe I'll actually vote for a big mean Donald Trump. Maybe. But what I'm concerned about is a whole lot of people fired up about Trump becoming measurably less enthusiastic because she's on the ticket. So how about if we avoid that drama altogether, and, it, and a lot of people are going, oh, Carrie Lake, Carrie Lake. She's going to be busy running for the Senate in Arizona, where I hope she wins. 
Uh, so, and again, and I, you know, silly, silly me, I don't care what race or sex Trump's running mate is. I don't care. I want it to be the right person. I want it to be a good fit with him, uh, somebody who is willing to sing in harmony with his agenda and continue it if he dies. And it, you know, sorry to be blunt, but that's it. You are a heartbeat away from the presidency, and it's going to be approaching an 80-year-old heartbeat. one 8 Prager 776 Prager 776 We are in Peachtree, Georgia. Bill, Mark Davis in for Dennis. How are you? Happy New Year, sir. Well, I'm thirsty. I wish I got paid for it. How you doing? Uh, no. Uh, I've, uh, in 1993, I pushed a uh, contract with America and uh, gave it to, personally gave it to Newt Gingrich in 1993 for the 94 oh, election. You. Appreciate that. And, and uh, it took the, the title, but not one of my suggestions was uh, used. Anyway, uh, I've been putting out, uh, let's have really? a contract with America in 2024. I've been okay. pushing that since the middle of uh, uh, well, last year. Feel, feel free to push it right here. Like, I, I'm historically interested. What, what would be your favorite, most treasured element of the contract list that you gave to Newt that he did not use? What, what baby of his did he muzzle? What of yours did he muzzle? Uh, energy independence. That was one of them. I said uh, sure, that wasn't one of them. Okay, right. okay, okay. So uh, then let's come to the mod- let's come to the modern day. What would be the cornerstones of the contract with America twenty twenty four? What would you like in there? Oh, uh, do, do me a favor, sir. Sit tight a second. Let me put you back on hold. America will wait for that answer next. It is the Dennis Prager Show for Wednesday, January third. Dennis is back tomorrow. I'm Mark Davis filling in from 660 AM, The Answer, here in thriving Dallas-Fort Worth. Hope all is well with you. I hope your your, your year just completed was filled with blessings, and we're talking about how to carve out the blessings of 2024. And one of the themes that I revisit a lot on on the show that I do here locally in DFW and out in life, out in the non-broadcast world, is that if you list all of the problems that we have as a country, and boy, you'll need some time to do that, to enumerate all of those, Some of them involve government, but most of them really don't. Uh, Border issue, need to make sure government uh, does better at that. Taxes too high, that is a government issue. But so many of our problems involve a broken American soul and a a misguided American spirit and and too many parts of our culture guiding us in weird ways. I'll go down a couple of rabbit holes with you on that before we're done here today, but let's get back to some folks who are on the phone, and that is 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. Let us roll to Mission Viejo, California. Carol, Mark Davison for Dennis. Good Wednesday to you. How are you? Well, hi there, Mark. Thanks so much for taking my call. My pleasure. Uh, What was that? I said my pleasure. Oh, okay. Um, I told you, Screener, that I know any number of women, and they are from different states, not just my friends here in Mission Viejo, um, who some of them are not for, some of them are for Nikki Haley, but many of the friends that I have are not. And Mm -hmm. one is a a strong supporter, non-supporter of Nikki Haley, is in Montana, 
two are in Oklahoma, so I might say that more of them are in the red states. Well, that was the question I kind of wanted to ask. Of of your friends, of your friends who are not fans of Nikki, would you say that they are the more conservative ones? Yes, I would. But I think much, much of the media talk about the ones that are more liberal or leftist. They leave us conservatives or middle-of-the-country people out. That's so very, very often true. And and thank you enormously, man. Appreciate hearing from you. I mean, but I don't say that pejoratively. Nikki Haley is not as conservative as Donald Trump. Nikki Haley is not as conservative as Ron DeSantis. So if you are not as conservative as Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or me, Nikki Haley may be your favorite, uh, you know, flavor of the month. And uh, okay. And it appears that in the Republican Party, there's about 13 to 15% of you. Knock yourselves out in Iowa, New Hampshire. Let's see how that goes. Now, New Hampshire, this is what's funny. This is what's really going to be intriguing. Iowa is, is a red state. Uh, Kim Reynolds, great governor, endorsed DeSantis, pfft, appears not to matter at all, and, and which, which is, again, and that's not a back of the hand to Governor Reynolds. Uh, if Iowa goes to Trump with the um, volume and intensity that appears it's going to, that's not people snubbing Governor Reynolds. That's them essentially saying, Kim, we love you, but we had a different desire to be president of the United States. So thank you. Continue to run the state. You're awesome. But we wanted Trump. Thank you very much. They're not uh, you know, thwarting her or bucking her trend or, or anything or distancing from her in any way, shape or form. And by the way, that goes back to sort of the Venn diagrams I was talking about earlier. Ideologically, Trump and DeSantis have nearly matching appeal. They're both courageous conservatives looking to rock the apple cart, challenge establishment ivory towers. And so if you're thinking if they're so similar, why isn't DeSantis closer? It's because he's not Trump. Only Trump is Trump. And only he brings the scenario that brings delight and self-actualization and a completed life to millions of American voters. And that is to see him make right the wrongs of 2020 and that flawed result, to see him make right the political persecution prosecutions from Jack Smith and others, to see him uh, bring screams and tears to the faces of his tormentors in both parties. That's specifically what millions of people specifically want. And that's not at the expense of Ron DeSantis or it, uh, is it out of detriment to him or disfavor toward him. DeSantis is great, but he ain't Trump. And I think that's going to be what Iowans say. Now, then we get to New Hampshire. Once January 15th comes and goes, poll numbers will become electoral numbers. Real people are going to vote. My very, 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 I can't say enough varies, good friend Mike Gallagher. There's one thing about prepping for the uh, Dennis Prager show is you hear a lot more of Mike because I find myself just listening to him in preparing for this show. And Mike trundles out his favorite theme, which is that because Trump has been so wronged that DeSantis and Haley and Vivek and everybody ought to just get out now, just line up behind Trump now in a show of unity now. And Mike's been on this for a long time. I have failed to board that train because I want voters to have a choice. And in fact, isn't it better for it? Look, and it looks like this is the way the choice is going to go. Trump by a landslide. 
isn't it better if that landslide actually happens? Isn't it better for him if that landslide actually happens? Where we didn't have DeSantis and Haley and Vivek and everybody else getting out out of deference or to, you know, kiss the ring or whatever, or to make some point about corruption. We actually let people vote, and it is voters who showed these other candidates the door, rather than them doing it by their own hand on the knob. Isn't that better? And I know Mike's point. I understand his point. It is time for a grand gesture, a grand gesture that says, you know what? We had our desire to be president. Looks like it's not going to happen. Looks like everybody wants you or nearly everybody wants you. And we're going to line up behind you now and make a, a joint statement against the kind of mischief and evil that is being foisted upon you. I get it. And guess what? The time for that will come. And it looks like it'll come pretty darn soon. We are in Mount Vernon, Washington. Rob, Mark Davis in for Dennis. How are you, sir? Well, Mark, that was fast. I'm good. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. So briefly, um, if you go back, let's just go back 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, time after time, all the talking heads, all they ever talked about was the 11 million illegals, 11 million illegals, 11 million illegals, yep. day in, day yep. out, year after year after year. We didn't have 11 million illegals enter the country and be the same 11 million illegals that dragged on for 10 years. I mean, Correct. that 11 million, I heard assessments from sources that yep. said we were probably closer to 60 million. Okay. Yeah, that's so that that's probably ago. high. I mean, the just, truth the truth probably back, lies uh, in between. Real quick, got got a bottom line it. I think you had a, a point you wanted to make. I need you to make it like now. If you think uh, Trump is going to be able to get rid of all the illegals, I doubt it. Not possible. I, can, can, it, can anybody? 20 to 30 so, so, million so can anybody? Can anybody? How? How can you exactly. get rid of 20 million it, it, illegals it, 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 in Exactly years? right. All, exactly right. All you can have is the strongest border policies that are actually enactable. You're absolutely right. All you can have. The folks that are here, they're here. I mean, we're not going to have, God, what did Eisenhower call it? They actually call it Operation Wetback. How did that go over? Anyway, though, uh, we were rounding people up and throwing them back across the border. Mostly not going to happen to the tune of 20 to 30. It's not. If you get here, you're, you're probably here. But we can say, here's where it stops. And if that's the best we can hope for, I'll take it. And then we can work on border policies that make a lot more sense in the future. Uh, our future involves a few more segments here on the Dennis Prager Show. Mark Davis in for Dennis. Be right back. It is the Dennis Prager Show, home stretch, final half hour here on this Wednesday, third day of January. Dennis is back tomorrow. It is always a joy to be here. Thank you, Dennis, and thanks to all of you for uh, tolerating me hanging out here and uh, slinging hot topics back and forth. Uh, telephone number is 18Prager776. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Davis, M A R K Davis. And uh, let's get back to your call. Oh, real quick, real quick, real quick. Uh, here's a little stats. I love stats, love stats. Um, always fun to chew on these and see how we're doing. Let's say you have a million dollars to retire on. Okay. And a lot of people are for whom that would be, please give me a million dollars to retire on. But let's just use a nice round figure of a cool million to retire on. How long will that last you? Answer is depends on where you live. Your best places to be, your best place to be, ready? Mississippi. That million dollars will last you 22 years and eight months. Now, this is a little bit weird. Who did this? 
I mean, it kind of depends on, you know, how much of a spender you are. I guess they establish a some flat level, some standard level of spending. The million dollars would last you 22, almost 23 years in Mississippi, right at 22 years in Alabama, right at 22 years in Oklahoma. All right, I, I can hear you. Get to it, get to it. Hey, how about New York and California? 14 years. The same million dollars that will last you 22 in Mississippi will last you. That, that seems high to me in view of the way I think the economies of North of uh, New York and Los An- of uh, New York and California go. 14 years. A uh, place that will burn through your retirement the most? Hawaii. Your million dollars will last you just over 10 years. But hey, you're in Hawaii. All right, one eight Prager seven seven six one eight Prager seven seven six. We are in Dallas. Nicole, Mark Davison for Dennis. How are you? Hey, Mark. I'm doing great on this Sunday Howdy. or sunny morning. Um, Here's the part where you start talking. Yes. So you had a gentleman who eloquently said at the very end that EV stands for evil. Um, I agree with that, actually. The environmental aspect of it and saving money at the gas and independence, that's one thing. But there is an evil side to the batteries that are powering these vehicles, the batteries that are powering our cell phones. They are made of cobalt, lithium cobalt. It is a mineral that is very rare and is found in the Congo. It is mined by very, very, very poor poor Congolese people who are literally working in their graves every single day. And there, there is blood on those, on those uh, minerals and we consume them. And the more we, I can hear people. I, I, I I hear you. I'm, I'm aware. I think there's less cobalt and more lithium ion phosphate in batteries these days, but still let's say the cobalt argument stands. Is there a controversy free fuel? I can almost hear somebody saying, okay, you won't drive an EV because of human rights concerns in cobalt mining, but uh, oil-powered cars that fund bloodthirsty dictators, that's great. Yes, and there's, but there's dictators and bloodthirsty dictators in the Congo as well. We well no, I, I know. So that's, I, th- I, think my point, I think my point being there's no controversy-free fuel. No matter what okay. your car runs on. Bad people might get some of the money. I guess what? Unless it's unless it's as much American generated energy as possible. Our oil, our coal brings me back to it's almost like a, exactly. a setup line. But exactly, precisely, precisely, precisely. Anything we go get in some other country, some some bad actor is going to uh, is is probably going to get his hands on a on a couple of bucks. So that that being the case, here's a crazy idea. Buy whatever kind of car you want. Use whatever judgment you want based on how it operates. You like or don't like how it drives. Like or don't like the idea of fossil fuels. Like or don't like the idea of depending on a battery to get wherever you're going. What you like and what you don't like in the car itself. That's what should determine your automotive purchase. Not what Joe Biden wants you to drive. Not what Pete Buttigieg wants you to drive. Not what the left wants you to drive. Sometimes the, 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 the most pernicious uh, incursions into our life uh, are, are done in a stealthy way. 
just down the road from me in Austin, Texas, they're doing away with the requirement for some buildings to have par- X amount of parking spaces. Oh, great. Libertarians might say, great, it's, it's a business's business. Yeah, but they're designed to, to make your car more hostile. They want you all riding uh, public transportation in your little boxy apartment downtown rather than living out in the burbs. It's what they want. Don't let them do it. Mark Davison for Dennis. We will continue. Alrighty, it's the Dennis Prager Show for this Wednesday, the third day of January. As we get ready to dive back to your calls, an additional howdy from me, Mark Davis, here in Texas. Hope all is well with you. Dennis is back tomorrow. It's always a joy to be here with you. You can hang out with me in the online world uh, there on Twitter, at Mark Davis, or listen, or I've got old, if you want to hear old local shows of mine, as old as this morning, <laughs> or many, many moons ago, 660amtheanswer.com, if that is your wish. DennisPrager.com is where you go for all things Dennis, and of course, PragerU, always be generous to PragerU, where they teach what is not taught. I tell you what, they're teaching a few things at Harvard these days, aren't they? They're teaching that maybe you can't get away with everything you think you can get away with. But for those thinking that this is a comeuppance, that this is real accountability for Claudine Gay, uh, spare me the violin strings because she will no longer be Harvard president, but she will be a professor of, shocker, African-American studies with a cool takedown of $900,000 per year. So uh, she's going to be just fine, folks. All right, as we get ready to head back to calls, today is January 3rd. And what's that? That is Wednesday, Thursday. Oh, gosh, it won't be a weekday. It won't be a day for shows. Sat- you know what Saturday is? Know what Saturday is? January 6th. Oh, my. Plan your parties now. And what will happen is there will be every opportunistic uh Democrat or Trump haters of either stripe will use this as an opportunity to continue to weave a false insurrection narrative, both to specifically target and ruin and destroy him. We'll see if that works. And to also besmirch the reputations of tens of millions of people who intend to vote for him in November if he's the nominee. I want you to hear somebody. This is uh, a campaign spokesman for Biden named Quentin Folks. And Quentin is on with John Berman on CNN, so it's a very comfortable foot robe interview. But uh, the, the idea is for Biden to speak on January 6th. No kidding. I wonder what the theme will be there. Dangers to democracy. Those of us who are conservatives, we don't just have ideas they disagree with. Our mere existence is a danger to democracy. So here is Quentin Folks describing uh, to John Berman. Here, John Berman asked the question first on CNN. Why is Biden speaking at Valley? Forge on January 6th. Why Valley Forge for Saturday? Are you expecting a cold winter? No, you know, we're expecting uh, a very good winter come next November. Uh, But look, we chose Valley Forge, George Washington, as you just said, uh, you know, uh, unionized colonies there and brought them all together. And then he became president and set the precedent for, you know, peaceful transition of power, something uh, that Donald Trump and Republicans refused to do uh, as just as late as yesterday. Um, and, you know, we believe that they pose an existential threat to democracy. And over the last four years, that threat to democracy has only grown. We believe they pose an existential threat to democracy. You have to understand what drives these people. This is the Colorado logic. This is the main logic. Those secretaries of state. Well, we, we took Trump off the ballot because of insurrection, because he wasn't just uh, giving voice to his particular gripes about an election result that he disagreed with. His disagreement, his you know, the, the, the trouble he sought to make 
for it. Was, I'm, I'm taking it back to John. John Lewis used to talk about good trouble. You know, if, if you're a troublemaker, but it's to a lofty cause, that is good trouble. The trouble being made about the 2020 election was, by definition, good trouble. Not the rioting in the Capitol part, but the part involved millions of Americans making clear that COVID panic resulting in changed electoral norms, shattered electoral reliability, yielding a result that was not reliable, that was not acceptable. To make that point, to make that claim, is good trouble. Now, that good trouble ship came and went. It has sailed. It doesn't mean we forget about it. And I got to tell you, if your support for Trump is designed to make right what was done wrong to him in 2020, good on you. Good for you. That is a worthy political statement to make. And we'll see how many people make those statements in Iowa, New Hampshire, and states to follow. Right now we're in Chicago. Bob, Mark Davis, in for Dennis. Happy Wednesday. Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year, sir. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. Hey, thank um, you. I would love to talk to you about January 6th, but I'm going to stick to what I originally called about. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, as you know, in 2016, when Donald Trump uh, ran for president and uh, prevailed, he was uh, one one thing that was kind of a problem for him was the recording of him bragging about um, adultery and groping women. Right. While he was president, um, we learned that he paid hush money to the two uh, porn star mistresses who say that he was having unprotected sex with them while his third wife was home taking care of their newborn son. And now that he's running for president yet again. You have the reality that a jury has found him guilty of defaming a woman he sexually assaulted in a department Gene store Carroll. dressing room. So right. I wonder, do you – and you add on top of that the fact that because he let the Federalist Society pick his Supreme Court nominees, a woman no longer has a right to an abortion in every state. And in fact, some states can force a woman Ooh. to give birth to her in, rapist. In, interesting baby. addition. Sit so, tight. In, uh, your, your list well, – your, 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 your list is well, – okay, finish your question, and then you, you added something very interesting to the list. Overall, so your question at the end of that is – my question is, I was just adding that he's, he made it possible for states to require women to give birth to their rapist's baby. So I'm oh, just wondering, exactly. do, you, do you think all of this now, after we've come a long way since Trump right. pretended bragging about adultery was just simply locker room talk, do you think he's right, going to have a problem was. with women voters? I don't no, know, not, not, not conservatives. <laughs> not, 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 maybe it's a, a particularly coarse locker room. Uh, not among conservative I, I, women, I, I you won't. I honestly don't know no, anyone. Dude, you asked a question. Hey, hi, 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 hi. You, you, you asked a question. I'm going to do something really crazy. Answer it for 60 seconds, and I'll give it right back cool. to you. No, it's cool. not. Among conservatives who liked his policies, of course it's not going to hurt him. The things you mentioned about the, the various uh, uh, transgressions against actual women, that is something that any woman or any man should say, wow, that's a really bad thing. That is something that people of all political stripes said, eh, don't really like that very much. On the abortion issue, you added something that is purely, uh, you know, sort of politically staged. Pro-life people, of course, don't mind that. Pro-life people do not believe that a baby becomes expendable if it's rape or incest. Maybe you do, but no, that will not hurt him among people who are pro-life, and I don't know why you think that it would. Okay, I didn't, I didn't, my question wasn't about how it's going to affect his support among pro-life people. My, right. As you know, it, what really matters are swing voters. Suburban voters are more important than ever. Sometimes. And the women vote really, really has to come out for him, and I'm just asking you if you think women in general are going to mm -hmm. be more energized to vote for a guy with Trump's track record of boasting about adultery, paying... 
I think they'll be, you know what I think they'll be primed to vote for? Women who care about such things. Women care about security, stability in their homes, a border that works, an economy that works. I think women actually want those things. So no, I don't think it's a problem. Mark Davison for Dennis. Right back. Simply Red, little uh, chestnut out of the mid-80s. Mark Davis in for Dennis. It has been a joy today. Thank you. Um, before we scoot, I'll probably get room for another call or two. Um, there's something I don't do it every time that I'm here for Dennis, but I do it every single morning on the show that I host daily here on 660 AM, The Answer, in Dallas, Fort Worth. When we all were scared to death because COVID was, you know, grabbing its fingers around our neck in March of 2020, uh, I, I came back off a of spring break vacation and nothing brings me off a of spring break vacation unless it's really big. And this was, and I think people were scared of lockdowns as they should have been scared of the disease, which they should have been scared of all kinds of things. So I said, before I start taking calls on this, the first thing I'm going to do is pray publicly on the show. It is technically a secular, I mean, the Salem is, is as, as, as its roots, a religious broadcasting company. We have technically secular political talk shows, but where everybody from Dennis, obviously, to me and others are free to share faith and others can have that or not have that and, you know, and protect it and, and respect it or whatever they want to do. But I said, you know what, doggone it, this, this radio guy is going to pray. And I've never stopped, never stopped. After COVID kind of loosened its grip, somebody said, hey, Mark, when are you going to stop doing the prayer? And I gave him the answer, never. Here it is for the first time in 2024, and I hope it is um, of value to you. Lord, guide us and protect us as we face the challenges of this new day. We thank you every day for this blessed nation and for your hand in creating it. Fill our hearts with the energy to protect the freedoms which come from you, which our nation was founded to protect. Let us navigate these troubling times with a positive spirit, treating others as we would want to be treated. Lord, these are times of trial and challenge. So lift us as we follow your word and work for a better America, where our Constitution is honored, where our schools and public spaces are safe, where our elections are reliable, where our borders work, where we protect the unborn, where we fight for the meaning and the intent of the two genders you created, where our differences are hashed out with honesty and goodwill, and our freedoms of speech and worship are protected. As we face each day's problems, give us the clarity to look around and cherish our many blessings in our nation, our communities, and our families. If we follow you, Lord, we know we can get through anything, and we ask these things in your holy name. Amen. There you go. That worked well for you. Well, I hope today's entire broadcast has worked out well for you. Uh, uh, next call I take on the Prager Show will be next time they ask. I don't want to give anybody short shrift. I'd rather abbreviate myself than you. So let me take the remaining 40 seconds to tell you a few things. Number one, Dennis is back tomorrow. Number two, thanks so much to the Los Angeles Gang of Three. Uh, <laughs> Sean McConnell, Rick Locke, and Leslie Friedman taking care of the audios and the videos and the screening process. Always a joy to work with everybody in Pragerland, including producer Alan Estrin, who always gives me the buzz as he did yesterday. Hey, can you do Prager tomorrow? Sure I can. And boom, here we are. It is always a joy. And what an adventure these next few months are going to be. I I think we can succeed at everything we wish. I pray that we can. Mark Davison for Dennis. God bless. Have a great day. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, 
commercial free every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.